All right, let's get this done so I can watch Game of Thrones. It's the last episode this season. Oh, shit. Let's get moving then. Yeah, Alrighty. and that now we've just dated this recording. <laughs> Taken care of. So what were you talking about just With a second ago? E3. E3's almost here, and they're already announcing that, well, they're not announcing. They're saying that the good possibility that it's going to be a light year due to 2020 console launches. Okay. I can see that. So with that, maybe that'll give everybody enough time to go back and play all the games that they haven't had time to play. Just like, you know, Red Dead came out. Sea of Thieves came out. We kind of overlooked it a little bit. The Division. I mean, all these big AAA titles keep coming out, and it's hard to keep up with all of it, to be honest. Like two Assassin's Creed came out this year too, right? Two or three of them. Uh, Odyssey came out last year, at the end of last year, and then Origins came out the year before that, but I haven't even touched those either. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Um, I, don't it, even, I don't even play Assassin's Creed anymore. Well, it's just because, well, after after their flop that they had, like it was hard for me to want to go back into that series. I mean, I, I don't want to say, you know, one bad egg spoils the whole carton, but it's kind of how Assassin's Creed was to me. After they did that, it was it was hard for me to step back into the Assassin's Creed world. Well, I don't want to alienate alienate anybody, but it just seemed like to me that every Assassin's Creed game is just cut and paste. Trail missions, hunt missions, assassin missions. And collection. Collection. I mean, they're Pre- just lack of innovation in general. The first one was really groundbreaking in a way, but it wasn't that great. And two came in, and two knocked the doors off of everything. Two was amazing. Absolutely. You know, and that's why they kept running with Ezio as long as they did. I don't know if they originally planned on it that way. Right. Well, who knows? But it did. It was it was amazing. And then they kind of hit a lull when they went to three. Um, I really liked three. I liked. I liked the storyline of 3. I liked the way it played. I liked being able to run through the trees and stuff like that into the forest. I liked 3. Most people didn't, but I thought 3 was still... I thought it built on what what they were doing with the series. Right. Last one I played was 2, honestly. Um, and then Black Flag came in and it kind of... It knocked, quote-unquote, the sails... <laughs> the wind out of my sails on it. Because it, it took a different direction. It wasn't about free... Gotcha. Free moving in the environment. It was pirate pun. Yeah. Now, and now intentional. You're a, now you're a black sails, black flag, whatever. Black flag. <laughs> and I have that one on uh, Xbox Games for Gold. You know, it was free, downloaded, never even been booted up. I got no interest in it, but I downloaded it because it was free. Well, that's that's kind of the worst thing too. Is is AAA games keep coming, and us is adults with lives and families and kids and all that stuff in the mix. Right. We grow. It makes it harder for us to play. Well, weren't we just talking about that before we even started recording oversaturation? Oversaturation. We had just talked about that. That's our topic for the day, gentlemen. Discovered. We did it. We did it. Do I get an achievement? You do. You gotta make the noise, though. But not the trophy. No one gives a shit about trophies (laughs) or Steam achievements. (laughs) Right. I'm Mark. I'm. Go ahead. You st- you already started. Whatever. Fuck. I'm Josh. God damn. This is Nathan. And we are gamer da. Sure. Gamer discretion advised. Gamer discretion advised.
represent, recognize. Oh, We're a bus company. <laughs> what are we, a bus or something? <laughs> <laughs> I love Bender. But we are talking about oversaturation in the gaming market. Um, Assassin's Creed, they meet ground it along with... <laughs> They threw it in an industrial grinder, and they just kept pumping them out yeah. one after another. Well, that's why they had to have a break. That's why after, what was it? It was the one with the bo- the brother and the sister in it. They took a break for Syndicate. A Syndicate, yeah. Syndicate, okay. They took a break. Well, there's uh, something to that, and that is that they have to keep the masses entertained, and and they need to keep them... Uh, on board with their line of marketing, their franchise, etc. So they have to keep putting them out just to keep that, uh, I don't even know what you call it. Momentum. I guess. <clears throat> I was going to say, I couldn't imagine the stress it takes for either a publisher or a developer when you have someone breathing down your neck saying, this one sold really good, we need another one, we need another one, we need another one, we need to pump out one every year. Well, that's the thing, like, when it was the Nintendo, back on the NES, when games would get pumped out, you're talking about a game that had a six to nine month launch window. You're talking about from inception to re- release, games weren't made like they were today. They They're much more complex them. today. Right. Which is kind of what's necessary with the way technology has advanced and everything like that. Maybe we don't need a game every year. We don't, we don't even really need a new... Uh, year of car we don't need in my opinion mm-hmm. we don't need a 2000 was it 19 2019 honda civic we don't need a 2020 honda civic take some time off develop don't just make a few changes and put out a new car we have enough cars on the road and in junkyards and everywhere else that we don't need new car from every company every year the same thing for video games we do not need a new game every year from every franchise well and that's also true too because i mean look how just look at we have genres now i mean back in the day there wasn't as as much of a well i guess there was genres you had level you know different levels of gaming and stuff like that but really we don't need 13 clones of grand theft auto we don't need all the clones of all the games that we have now Granted, you know, they still sell well, they still are a market, and it keeps the market going and keeps them competitive with each other. I understand that, but they get to the point where they keep selling the same game just with a tweak and maybe a little bit different-looking skin on it, and it's like Madden. Like, Madden is... (laughs) They just change the name of the players every year. Yeah. Or NBA 2K, any of the sports games, really. There's updated rosters, maybe a little bit of... Uh, skins, uh, clothing, etc. Just little gimmicks that don't really change gameplay. And for some of them, maybe they don't really need to change gameplay too much. It's it's hard for me to understand anyway. Well, that also falls into it's easier to charge for microtransactions if every year you have a new game and you're like, check out this skin, you know, check out this jersey. Just because your home team don't mean you have to wear white anymore. You can be this color. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't play sports games, so maybe I shouldn't even be discussing the topic. But still, I mean, from where we stand, I mean, 
Madden 18, Madden 19, Madden 17, all the all the different Maddens that they have, you are literally the game of football doesn't really change from game to game. It's not like they go, well, we've got a new technique to football now. We need to do it. It's always graphical updates. It's player and you know updates to teams, updates to rosters, updates to playstyles, and you know this one we're gonna have, you know, you be the manager and all that stuff. And I get that, but I don't understand selling a $60 game on that premise. Which is almost identical to the one you released last year. All you did was change a date on it. Make a $20 update. Make a $20 update to where you go and you go buy your game and you just update your roster and you you spend 19 bucks for a quote-unquote season pass. And that would solve a lot of their issues of, you know, keeping fans happy. Because, I mean, you're going to look back and you can go through and if you've got a scroll wheel of, well, I, I, I want to know what the 2018 Chargers were like if I played against the 2019 Broncos. Right. You know, I mean, that would always be a potential with that. Well, and, I mean, that, I don't know. I I can't discuss the topic any further, I guess. Because it seems like I remember something like that in Tecmo Super Bowl three for the Super Nintendo it seemed like there was you could you could view stats from previous teams. I could be wrong about that. It could just be my imagination, and I'm just making it up. But it seems like there was something about that because I remember on Super Bowl three you could do your custom characters. <laughs> my uh, all right. So my quarterback was Judge Dredd, if that tells you where I was at back then. <laughs> and my my running back was Chewy. Seeing how I borrowed Judge Dredd off the Super Nintendo from you back then, I believe. Yeah. Did you borrow that from me? Uh, yeah. I don't even remember that. Yeah. I, I used to I used to play the fuck out of that game. Yeah. Now, I think I tried playing on an emulator last week or something like that, and I couldn't even, I like, uh, gen, generic enemy number six was killing me in the same hallway over and over and over. And I used to dominate his ass, so. I find it harder to play emulated games on... On a on a controller like a red like a anything really like anything else but the original console that I played anyway. So Nathan, did you ever play uh, NFL Blitz? Is that too young for you? Yeah, I wasn't born then. You guys are old. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Let me search that. I don't even remember what you were born then. NFL Blitz came out in like two thousand. It was or, on the sixty four. Like the NFL Blitz was, was it on that the old? 60, yes, it was. I don't even remember that anymore. Yeah, but even that, like, you still had an oversaturation in sports titles and stuff like that too. I mean, sports has always been one that I I've always kind of leered at a little bit. I mean, I I have fun playing stuff like when NBA the EA series had the big series. And it was uh, the street, like the street basketball, and, and and those series, those were fun. But well, it was ninety seven when it, it was nineteen ninety seven. Okay, so ninety seven is when we originally had Blitz. So I mean, that's let's see what ninety seven to now. That's still twenty thirty, almost thirty years. We are old. We are fucking old. <laughs> well, I will say this. the There is a problem with going, say, a year without putting out a product. And that is that you're not making money for a year. 
uh, at least not from a new product. You would have to rely on your old products to sustain you. Now, a possible answer for that, new IPs. But you Branch can't, out. You can't Keep creating instead of regurgitating the same thing over and over and absolutely. over. Absolutely, and that would be really great. I think that new IPs do decently well. Depends on how they're marketed and stuff like that. Uh, older IPs, obviously, people buy a nostalgia. Look at the... NES, it sold out really fast. I don't know. If, I don't want to say the day NES of, yeah. but it was quick. Yeah, but now you can go to, it's just like anything. You can go to just about any pawn shop and pick one up for 20 bucks. An NES Classic. That's how Chuck got his. Well, that we was the to, thing, though. They were, Nintendo, Nintendo passed, whenever Iwata passed away, you know, and the new president stepped in from Nintendo, he realized that there's still a market to be made on stuff like that. And, and you know, I'm not saying a water wasn't the, it wasn't, wouldn't have done the same, but he's seen that market that was still there for the NES classic. And they started pumping them out again. They started bringing them back in after the SNES classic was, was launched. Right. They, they, they stopped the SNES classic runs and started making the NES classics again. And you know they 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 ran it through till the end or the beginning of this year or late last year, I can't remember when, but they put those back on because of the scalping market. They seen how many people were still clamoring for that. Couldn't that? But I mean, couldn't that have been like uh, an artificial inflation that they created for that? You 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 create something and you sell it in limited numbers, and when it sells better than you think, how we know that's not part of the plan? So now they created demand for it. They've created demand for this console, which most people now, they just emulate it. So why go buy this console with the controller when I can just go... I know for a lot of people like you, it's it's loyalty. It's yeah. product loyalty. You're like, I'm only going to buy official Nintendo stuff. I'm not going to buy this crap. Well, I've got a retro. I mean, I have my own my pie and stuff like that, but a lot of it also is... is it's it it's that box on the wall. It's that that little thing that you get to set on your shelf. It's 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 all of that. Plus, I mean, Nintendo has a level of perfection to their stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that the NES Classic is a perfect miniature console, but they put their love into that thing. I mean, it's it's literally a labor of love, and you could tell that from from the time you start that up. To every ROM that they put on that thing, they didn't put junk games on that thing. It isn't. That's not like PlayStation's classic. Like that. That was. It was pure stroke of genius that they did with that. And the same with the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo. Like I picked that thing up and was. I I, I was a child again. There was a five minute cycle in my life. I was a child again. It brought back that feeling of holding a Super Nintendo controller. Uh, there's also the fact that. Even though emulators are out there and ROMs and stuff like that for the older games and they're fairly easy to get to, not a lot of people are as tech-savvy to go for them. Yeah, that's a good point. That's true. Well, also, too, I mean, you could take my son and I can give him, you know, uh, a controller and say, here, here, play Mario. But he wouldn't have the same experience as holding the freaking square controller with two buttons on it, <laughs> you know, and then and then learning to master Mario. You know, a game that people have been playing for 40, 50 years. I don't know if it's that, that long. I don't do math in my head very well. But 
just the fact that you have this game that's so old, it's classic. That's the one I go back to. If I play something old, you know, old Nintendo style, I normally just pick up Mario Brothers and I just start playing. I start speed running. Don't go me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a professional speed runner. I mean, I was on level eight one for like an hour and a half, <laughs> dying over and over and over. But just being able to speed run that, even if I had to die a million times, the the sense of accomplishment at beating that level and getting through. Back in the day, I could probably get through uh, 8-1 through 8-4 on one life. Right. Now, if I don't stop at 3-1 and get my infinite lives or max out my lives as much as possible, I'm not going to be able to beat it. But that's the you've got Mario ingrained in you, you know, Mega Man, all those old games and stuff like that, and they pumped the shit out of those games. They oversaturated them as well. But the thing was... I. Until I got older, I didn't own all the original Mega Mans on NES. Like, you know, you're talking about a game that was $50, $60. You know, you didn't own every game. Like, if most of us look back and think about being a child and remember how many games we actually owned for each console, the numbers would stagger most of us. I mean, how many Super Nintendo games do you guys remember owning when you were a child? I didn't. I rented. Yeah, most people did. Most people rent. What was your first console, Nathan? I guess it was a Super Nintendo or for myself. Um, but I, my aunt had a NES that whenever I went over there, we would play like this Junior League Baseball. That was our favorite. It was fun for because it was a multiplayer game that we could play together. Right. You could have the TV just sitting up in the corner. It didn't have to be on a stand. It didn't have to be a fancy TV. Just any TV would work, and the console would be in the middle of the floor. Cables dragged out across the room. Mm-hmm. Playing with your either your friends or your siblings. I mean, you know, and like you said, good point. Mario sticks out for me, too, because it was, what, 86 when that came out? 85 here 85, in 80, the U.S. Right, okay. So I was only five or six years old at that time. So by the time I was eight or nine, everyone had beaten Mario they had raped it right you know and then I remember going to kids house I didn't know to play it and watching these kids find all these secret blocks and extra lives and just mind blown like this is now the coolest kid I've ever met my dad worked a second shift job and he would go to work or maybe he worked thirds he would go to work late though he worked at he worked in the laundry department at the hospital. And he'd go to work late, and I'd sneak in his room. And I would go back there, and I remember to this day sitting on my dad's chest at the end of his bed playing Super Mario Brothers 2. And just loving every minute of that. Loving, like, loving playing through a game like that. And I can't say that a game... I don't know if it's just because of my age or if it's just... There's so many more games, but no game will captivate me, like you know, at that than I was would at that time. And that's mostly probably because of my youth. I mean, I could sit and play. Hmm. I remember when Red Dead Redemption came out, sitting and playing it for ten, twelve hours solid. You know, but not not to the level of love and intent that you know you did when you were playing on an NES or an SNES. And that's why those consoles are so. Perfect. And in a matter of speaking, it's because oversaturated or not, all those games 
we've all played them a million and one times, but having something that looks like the thing that you drug in the middle of your floor, blew on because you thought that was the magic trick to get it to work. It was. And then you push that little power button and you were transported to the Mushroom Kingdom to, to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> to rage quit. Yes. So um, there's also another thing in this, I would say, generation, and that's the nowhere games is what I'd like to call them. And that's things like uh, the Battle Royales, old school games or games uh, in a, ge- a generation ago. They had a beginning and an end. Now you have Battle Royale games, which the beginning and end happens in 10, 15 minutes. You have other games that are construction games, too, like Civilization. And there's nothing wrong with these games, by the way. I'm going to throw that out there. It's that they are very time-consuming, but they don't have an end. So you go back to them, and you you keep playing them. Uh, My girlfriend and I, we play Rocket League a lot, beginning and end, in five minutes. But it's fun. They're fun. They're addictive. And... I'm not playing any other games. I still have Kingdom Hearts 3 that I haven't beaten, and I've played Kingdom Hearts since its inception. And uh, it's hard to get back to those other games, those mainstream games or whatever that I really want to play. But then I'm playing Ark with you guys on the weekends. (laughs) Uh, Rocket League with my girlfriend throughout the week. Or... I other life things that have to be done work uh, getting stuff done at home we're getting ready to move you know there's no time to go through and play a big story I would love to go back through and I have all probably almost all of the Assassin's Creed games and I've really wanted to go and play one again and go all the way through them but that is such a big venture at this point that it's kind of intimidating, and then I just put it off, and I put it off, and it's not going to happen. Well, it's times in your life really make a big difference whenever you go to sit down and play a game like Kingdom Hearts. Um, the Witcher 3 really comes to my mind when you were talking about that, because The Witcher 3 came out at the perfect time in my life, and it's it seems kind of weird to call it the perfect time in my life because I don't think there's any perfect time in anyone's life but to play that game it was an amazing game it had a it had an okay story it had a good story and it had good game mechanics but it really filled the void it was at the time when my daughter was young enough I could put her to bed about eight o'clock seven thirty eight o'clock and I could set up and play for a few hours before I had to go to bed before work and I powered through that game during that time and it was one of the few times in my life, that and Grand Theft Auto V, I believe, uh, that I could, you know, still sit down and play a long story-driven game and and felt felt whole about it. And it, it like, I've got Red Dead Redemption 2 that has been sitting, collecting dust all this time, and it's because the game came out at the wrong time in my life, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, you know... We see more oversaturation for open world games. Like, I've still got Breath of the Wild that I still have not beat. My I cousin think- JD just beat it, I think, a few weeks ago. He finally finished. But my my uh, friend from the Army, Andy, 
uh, he has like six files all complete. He just loves that game so much. He just but it's, con- it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, and where he finds time to play it, I have no idea. Right. Because he's a busy guy. Right. But he makes time for that game. He always finds it. You right. know, it's probably probably when he puts his kids to bed, and he plays it probably for an hour a night. But once you know where everything's at, you can power through it. It's 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 games like that. You know, like. When you have that perfect storm of the perfect time in my life to play it because I didn't have a spouse or, you know, I didn't have the kid scenario or this or that or the other. Like, before, oversaturation was an amazing thing. Oversaturation of games meant, shit, I've got other choices. I don't like this game. I've got something else to play. I've still got Spider-Man and God of War and, and Breath of the Wild and, you know the list goes on and on of all the games that are backing up on my shelf right now that I've not played. Amazing games, AAA games, I mean, that just, I can't have time for. I don't have time for it now. Uh, There's also the money aspect. Who has the money, you know, in this, like, our lives to just go out and buy all the games? You, you have to be picky and choosy about the ones that you do. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that also brings up this other point that I was talking about earlier with demos. Demos used to be a thing whenever we were younger. Um, PlayStation had those discs from Pizza Hut that had a few games on there. Spyro was one of those. Uh, Tomb Raider. I played that demo disc until it was done. (laughs) I've got a deal for you. You can can pay $60 for Fallout 76. We'll give you the demo for free for that, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll only let you play it for like an hour and a half here and 30 minutes here, and we'll call that beta testing. Right. Yeah, that was kind of a... I don't know. I don't want to speak ill of everybody. I don't want to get on here and just be preaching hate, but seem a little... Little BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing I I would like to talk about is the pre-purchase of things. They seem to be a little bit better. Also, uh, there are some things that are cool nowadays, but it's maybe it's just because there are more games coming out that it seems like there are fewer neat collectibles or. Uh, pre-order bonuses that do something for you other than just like a beta test because that seems to be a thing is the beta testing on multiplayer games which is kind of neat don't get me wrong that's nice but uh, maybe a little bit more than just a few skins that people can buy later I'm pre-ordering this because I'm putting faith in your game I do feel like that should be rewarded in a way other than, oh, here's a skin that you get that anybody can buy a month or so or right at launch of the game. We'll have to probably... Anyway, sorry, we got distracted. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I, and I feel that too, and... I think we talked about that. Uh, Nathan and I talked about like Sword Art Online, the anime. They're playing a game. They're in a game. They're deep diving. They're diving into a virtual reality. But my point is, there there's items in the game that there's only one item. 
there's like one uh you know one excalibur and that's it you're either the best player that can retrieve excalibur or that's it because you're not going to get it from anybody else unless that one player gets it he's like yay i'm the best everyone knows i got it and then he sells it for like an exorbitant amount of either real money or in-game currency if if that's how you want to play it it's just there's no exclusive exclusivity i can't even fucking say that word exclusivity thank you but you know it's just it you don't you don't feel special anymore like he's saying you get this pre-order and you know you get it in game later the last game i remember really feeling accomplished of pre-ordering was ocarina of time and i got a gold cartridge for it the gold cartridge andy sorry you got me triggered now <laughs> andy the one i was talking to you about we used to go to every resale shop we could find and he has about he either has 20 or 25 uh gold cartridge Ocarina's. and what he did is he put them in alphabetical order and each game file because it has three five three save files on each game he's gone through and he's gone to every single boss or favorite points in the game and saved it at that point so now i mean and this is from forever ago so now he can just pull up whatever case whatever case he wants he even has a little uh notepad next to it that tells him what boss is what cartridge and he has him his own little category system so he can just pop that in fight ghost ganon or phantom ganon and they'd be like oh, okay i got my fix for today and they just be done now i know someone could have done that like on an emulator and you could just give yourself your, your favorite save points or whatever but this was before all that right the, the, that was the 2000 OG save point <laughs> i i miss cartridges in a way i mean I miss having something tangible that you could hold on to and, you know, transport everything you you have about this game from one person to another. Um, memory cards kind of lost a lot of that magic. I mean, you could always copy a memory card back in the day and share your saves and stuff like that, but it wasn't quite the same. Mm-hmm. But I... And that's the other thing, too. Like... Now, oversaturation in video games is becoming more of a problem just because of the fact that we have the availability to put anything we want on any retail store, and anybody can do it now. Anybody can make a game now. Any Anybody with coding, the ability to code, can make a game now. And when you go to Steam and you look at their storefront, you look at it and you're like, you really didn't need to make this. And, and like a fidget spinner simulator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If it's a free download, I'll probably download it just because. I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that there's like a DLC for it that's <laughs> way expensive. Um, Does it give your fidget spinner time travel ability? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that most games are like that but some games they just there's no reason for stuff like that there's there's no reason for half of half of the store half of steam could go away tomorrow and most of the people would not miss it It, well just oversaturation of garbage i know steam has so many people on it you know but like you say how many people use it my son uses it he's on steam Oh, I use Steam. I mean, it, it's 
it's it's a good storefront. I mean, uh, and even with even we're getting an oversaturation with storefronts now too, with Epic and Steam and EA Origins and all those other Ubisoft has theirs. We're getting a bunch of storefronts now, and everybody wants to distribute their own goods. Uh, Diablo, Diablo's always been on Diablo and Warcraft, and all of them have always had their uh, Blizzard client. So they, they'd only distribute through their Blizzard client. And now Activision has started to also distribute through them. And they used to be on Steam and stuff like that. So, I mean, you've got, you've got all these storefronts that you have to have installed on your computer to play all these games. And, you know, Steam made the most sense for most people because it was like the best of everything. You just downloaded it through Steam. Steam held onto your games. It was like a, a big, it was like a big collection all in one for all your game titles. Right. Steam was amazing. Now, I mean, you know, I don't want to clarify too. When we when we're discussing oversaturation, we're not just talking AAA titles mm-hmm. from your majors. Like, here's an article right here. Uh, according to Steam Spy, nine thousand three hundred games were launched in 2018 on Steam, but in 2017 it was only six thousand seven hundred. So, as of January of 2019. Steam has about 30,000 games on it. They opened the flood door, Steam did. They made it to where it was a lot easier for you to develop and upload a game to it. And sometimes when you open the flood doors of things, not always good things come in that was flood doors. But it does allow for people to be creative and get their creativity out there on a market that can um, is otherwise competitive but it's there, and then, I mean, right now we're talking about the fidget spinner. And, you know, people talk about this kind of stuff. So it gives them a little bit of, uh, sorry, what, popularity or something, uh, whatever it may mouth. be. Or even infamy. Yeah, infamy. Yeah. So, so people can go out there and say that they like this game there was one game that i played that i really liked i played it once uh it was a short game and that was um what was it it was a, like a retro game it started off with like 8-bit and then it went all the way through i think super nintendo graphics and as you leveled up it would cha- it would go from 8-bit to 16-bit to so on so to forth to 64 cuz yeah. i think only the only thirty was a thirty two X on the Sega, Sega Genesis. Yeah, yeah. They launched that with a Star Wars game, didn't they? They had three titles when they launched. Uh, Star Wars was one of them. I remember the commercial on TV. I can't remember if Knuckles Chaotix came out that day or not, but I sadly own. <laughs> <laughs> you own all three of them. I own Knuckles and I own Star Wars. I don't remember what else came out at the time. It may have been Virtual Fighter or Virtual Racing. I would like to know what game you were just talking about, Nathan. I'm he's looking I've it up now. Heard Giant Bomb discuss something because that's that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty amazing. And well, like you're saying, that's creative. Yeah. Uh, I don't know because I don't have the stats in front of me or the information to back it up. It's just an opinion, but it sounds pretty original to where a game changes graphics as you play it. But also to play devil's advocate, you 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 usher in 
all that creativity, you also are going to usher in the back end of that, which is people just trying to gouge you. Somebody's just making something, trying to make a penny off of you, you know, so to speak. And it, that, that also hurts the community, too. When you've got an oversaturation of games coming in and you have so many games coming in that it hurts your market more than it helps it, you get lost in that mix, you know? Well, maybe that's part of the reason, because, I mean, it seemed like there for, you know, a good 10 years there was a new Call of Duty. Uh, in my mind, it seems like every six months. I know it was probably about every year. You know, and, well, see, and that brings me to something kind of like you just said. You have to stand out above the crowd. You have to stand out. Because if Steam's got 30,000 games, just say, let's just use them as, let's pretend that Steam is the only place you can buy video games okay. in the market. If there's 30,000 games, how do you stand out? How do you get people to say, hey, buy my game? And it's not even, it's not even at that rate you think about the 30,000. That's in a year. That's in one year. So not only do you have those 30,000 that you're competing against in that one year, but you have all the previous titles that's been released in every other year and, and for going forward, all the other games too. It's impossible to stand out in a, in a crowd like that unless you do something really phenomenal and somebody notices it. Well, I mean, I think, you know, and then people too, we get impatient. Uh, I think Nathan asked earlier, you know, who has the money to buy, let's just say even if you just, okay, you buy Call of Duty, you buy every one that comes out, and let's just say they come out one every year. That's only 60 bucks a year you play in game, you pay for games. Right. If that's all you're going to play, then you're not oversaturated. You only care about the one title because that's what you want to play. You want to play Call of Duty. I'm just using it as an example. You know, so to that player, there is no oversaturation. He only cares about Call of Duty. Call of Duty. You know, but then I, I know I used to not to be, but I am here lately more impatient. I play a game because there's so many games, like Nathan was saying, I don't play through them. I don't finish them. You know, we only picked up Ark just a few months ago. I think maybe two months ago we started playing. Isn't that right, Nathan? Somewhere around there, yes. So, sorry. So anyway. You know, we just started playing that, and that game has been in full release, I think, since 2017 was yeah. the, the the full release of it. It's been out for at least 2016. Right. I know it's been out for a while, but, I mean, their official release. On Steam. Okay. Okay. See? So, I don't. I could look it up, but I know it's only been on console just recently. And there there is kind of an end game to Ark, but a game like Ark is also kind of open-ended. So you you can you can get through it and then you uh, defeat the overseer, but you have to make your way to that part. And I mean, I see the appeal of it, and mainly for me, it was fucking big fucking dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, tame some dinosaurs, put them in a cage. Well, and that's what a few years ago when I did play religiously, like that was my draw to it, my appeal to it. But then after a while, it became life simulator. You know, <laughs> it was, you, where, where did, I, I work all day and I don't want to come home and do work on a video game. Like, I don't want to have to manage, you know, and run around. I mean, yes, I'm not a virtual farmer by any means. I'm not out there tending to real fucking livestock or anything like that. But it was just, move my character here, pick up berries, pick up this, pick up that. Oh, 
you know, I got to keep like, my digital character alive. Yeah, I've got to keep these things alive too. The oh, my my Gigantosaurus is hungry. Yeah, I better take him out and rampage the land for ten minutes <laughs> so he can eat. And then and then it's no longer fun to me. The fun part was, you know, getting in there and getting your gear and going hunting and doing all the fun things, killing creatures and whatnot. And for a time in my life, it was something to consume my life when I had other things going on. But I had to walk away from that game because it it was I didn't need a second life. I was having problems in my first life. Right. I, I know I wear you guys out talking about Elite Dangerous all the time. And it's funny because I what, haven't... I haven't heard of this game before. Whatever. What is shut it? up. I haven't even played it. <laughs> uh, I played it the other day because a new update came out and I just wanted to try out the features. But that's about as far as I did. I played it for about 15 minutes and then I was done. And the same thing happened. When that game came out, I downloaded it. I got it on Xbox. It was in the uh, pre-game release. So it was a... Uh, Anyway, so I played it, and I loved it. I loved the whole idea. I loved the RPG element. I loved the, the first-person mode. That's kind of the kind of game I always wanted for space, because I love space games. So I had this going on, but the same thing happened. In the game, it takes a lot of money to upgrade your ship, to buy a new ship. So I eventually got to, a, like, the Lankong Mark Seven, and I'm flying around trying to literally do my second job i go to work come home log on to elite dangerous i'm like well now i need to run the commodities market so i can get six i was trying to get i think 50 million so i could buy a python but i couldn't get past 45 million because every time i would do uh commodities runs pirates would kill me either players or npcs so then i would i'd have to insure my ship and i lost all that cargo so then I, you know, and it just, it just became this, this cycle back and forth over and over and over and over and over just so my digital character who does nothing but sit in the cockpit of a spaceship could make money. And collect Cheeto dust on his lap. Y yeah. I always wonder why I woke up with an orange dick <laughs> every day. <laughs> but the, you know, you, you've got all these, like Minecraft, you've got Ark, you've got all these simulators, you know, you run around in the world you build your community, you build your character, you build your environment that you're in. Yeah, but half the people that play Minecraft don't even play that part. They play on, like, PvP servers. Okay. But you have all those. It's just like Elite Dangerous. You had Star Citizen. You had No Man's Sky. You had Eve. You had all those games for for space and stuff like that. Forgot Star Trek Online. And Star Trek, well, <laughs> I don't even think they remember they, had, they made Star Trek online. If They would, they take, just had an update. Anyway, continue. The, all those games, all, you know, it's hard for you to make a really big community on some of that stuff when you have your fan base split. But I say that, and then you look at Minecraft, and it's still going, it's still it's going, going strong. strong. And, you know, but, and, and now it, it's, we have become a Fortnite world. But Minecraft continuously, like Nathan was saying earlier, continuously updates. They add skin packs. They add new textures. They add new items. They add new materials. And it continues to go on. They don't release a new Minecraft every year. Right. <laughs> they just work on the one they have. Yep. And yeah. I feel that that's a good business model. Right. Well, that's. I'm kind of glad that Minecraft exists. My daughter, when she was little, would play the game and look at other games and think, well, this looks like Minecraft. 
even though, you know, she grew up playing my old consoles. Like, I remember her being two years old, and I hooked up my TurboGrafx-16 and got her to play that. Was she playing Bonk? She was playing Bonk. <laughs> I, I, was just, I was just joking. <laughs> yeah, I have a video of her when she was two playing Bonk's Adventure. Um, but, yeah, and I wanted to make sure that was her first real gaming experience was with something old before she tied into all the new. Right. And, you know, it's... And that's what she plays. Now she she plays so many different things. Uh, Roblox. Roblox is another one of those games. Yeah, my son won't stop playing it. So, I mean, you've got you've got kids enamored with it. And that takes real money, too, I guess, right? Roblox does. Uh, no, you don't have to. It's free to play. Right. But, I mean, some of the games, if you want to play some of the little games in there, they want you some to Some of them, it. I would say, are predatory because they set it up to where you can only... You know, they set up the difficulty to where, hey... It takes a billion of these blocks to get to the next level or 10 Robux, you know, so then kids are always, you know, it's just like Fortnite wanting money for skins because Fortnite's free to play, right? you know, and it's just like that on Roblox. It's free to play. Anybody can play it for free. No money. You can put no money into it. But what kid, what 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 8-year-old is going to be playing that game and not play one game and decide that, oh, he doesn't want to be the best at it? Oh, if I just paid this real money, mom, dad, can I have twenty bucks for Robux? Can I have ten dollars? You know, I um, I've got a solution to all that. You know, a game that they could play, and it doesn't cost any extra money after they've bought the initial game, and it looks better than Robux or uh, Minecraft. I'm waiting with breathless anticipation. Um, they could play Legend of Zelda. They could. They could play Ocarina like of Time. Like on the NES. Like, you could just play that game, and it's amazing. It's, uh, it's Never about heard this of it. little guy called Link, and uh, he goes on an adventure to save a princess. I know this joke's been made before, but why uh, why Link? I thought it was Legend of Zelda. Well, because it's not about him. It's always about the woman. You didn't know that, did you? No, I guess not. Yeah, so it's never That explains about, why I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's why Nathan, it's... you're awfully quiet. Come on. Yeah, I finally found that game, but I would like to throw in here why Link, why not Link? It's why is it Legend of Zelda? It's because Link, although he does get the name, he's also just this character, this person who goes out, sets out to do the right thing. Uh, but really, it's Zelda who is known. She's Okay. The princess. She is who people would identify with, not this kid who just picked up his uncle's sword and went to town on some bad guys. Well, the other thing, too, was is you remember in the original Legend of Zelda series, you did, you named Link what you wanted to name him. Mm-hmm. He had a, you know, then that's why it was never the Legend of Link. It because, was, he, right, because you were putting yourself on him. Mm-hmm. You were the little dopey guy in the green hat. Looks like a storm's coming in. Oh. Whatever. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. Maybe a little bit. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, uh, that game that I was talking about earlier where you start at really generic, uh, or not generic, but uh, early graphics, and you work your way through, you fight bad guys in that graphic era in a similar way. And um, 
I think that there are like crystals or something like that. I forget. It's been a while that you pick up or activate, and then that updates the graphics to um, to the next generation, to the next console, however you want to say it. Uh, it even has like Super Nintendo type of um, of top down, like Zelda. And then it goes to like an RPG Super you mean Nintendo like game. Jurassic Park for the Super Nintendo by Ocean. It was uh, top down. It could be. I don't remember that one. But I remember the side scroller. That was the Genesis version. There was two different, two different Jurassic Park games. We cut Nathan off. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Nathan. Yeah, that's okay. It was a shitty joke. It was. It was really bad. So I'm just gonna keep going like it didn't happen. Uh, the game is called Evo Land. So there you go. Go home. Get Steam and play it. Josh doesn't. I don't think you have Steam. So yeah, I was you, just telling you. My son uses it. Were you not listening? No, I wasn't. I That's, was. I. It's he never listens to me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's fine. I'm used to being ignored. But yeah, no, that was that. Talk about oversaturation. That's like the thing to talk about of all things was back in the day when they made a game. Just like Aladdin, there was two different Aladdins. There was a Super Nintendo Aladdin, which was made by Capcom. And then there was Aladdin for the Sega Genesis, which was made by Sega. And they're Sega! Two, two totally different games. I like the Genesis version because you got the sword. And the Super Nintendo, you just got the apples to throw. But they were two totally different games. Back then, there was so much... They were so different games were so different from platform to platform just because of I don't know if it was because of copyright reasons or or if it was just distribution reasoning so but yeah I remember just by Sega playing Jurassic Park it was the first time that I know of I could be incorrect but it was the first time where a character I was playing the Velociraptor right if you let him sit long enough he does an animation. Right. And I remember being, I think, like 10 or whatever, and just thinking that was the... The game became instantly that much more cooler because the Raptor did shit without me telling him to. I thought that was the best thing ever. I think Grant just stands there with his thumb up his ass, but I can't be certain. Once right. again, I haven't played that in a long time. I have the cartridge of it somewhere still, probably looming at Dad's house somewhere. But yeah, I. that was always a good game. I hope my windows are up. Uh, and to all of our uh, current listeners, if we cut out at any point, that's because the power went out. So sorry for all of that. Uh, I mean, we'll, we can still record and stuff like that because we're doing it on a laptop and we don't need power. <laughs> but if this was a live stream, yeah, that would that would might land. All of our listeners, our two listeners, both of you guys out there listening to this, <laughs> which is just Josh <laughs> and his son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Larry and Chuck, thanks for listening to our podcast. But yeah, I I think gaming in general, I think it needs to, I don't know if slow down would be the answer for it. I don't know what, not grind as much out, not make Grinding it as, is real prevalent in most games. It just seems like if you want to get anywhere, I mean, the, the real life, I don't know. Because games are kind of an escape. You get to relax from your real life. You can you can fall into a fantasy world or a fantasy in general and do stuff you can't normally do. Especially like a sports game. You can go and you can, you know, especially, I know there's people, I can't shoot a basketball to save my life. 
put a gun to my head. I'm like, just pull a trigger because I'm a dead man. You know? But, I mean, in a game, you know, I could pop up NBA Jam and feel like a badass. Right. <laughs> From way downtown. <laughs> Boom shakalaka laka. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know that my favorite type game is a simulator. Uh, we, I play Ark because of the base building, although I will save Ark creators. You need to fix that, add some stuff. To hint, hint. <laughs> um, Can I please snap a foundation into the fucking cliffside? <laughs> for God's sakes. Um, but there's, there's this game, another one on Steam, that I really want to play, and literally, it's cleaning. You clean up a badass's mess that he left behind after killing all the people in the facility. <laughs> Their dismembered limbs are everywhere and uh, you have to pick it up, mop the floor, and then you get graded on how well <laughs> you cleaned the facility. Uh, it, it's kind of... Um, is, this, uh, is this the John Wick simulator? <laughs> <laughs> I really would no, like... This is the game that you play. Like You go in and you do all the... The killing in John Wick, and then somebody comes along. We they make the sequel to. We could have wrote that fucking game. We could have, if we just had a little bit more to drink. Mm-hmm. We could have sat around and thought of that fucking game. Yeah, like you. That's what you do. You watch a ten minute cutscene of somebody else playing through the John Wick parts, and then they go, <laughs> "Okay, you come in and clean it up." They call it Baba Yaga Cleaner. <laughs> uh, Viscera Cleanup is the name of the game. <laughs> Viscera, and uh, like. There is a Santa's Workshop DLC, oh, so no. obviously that's <laughs> in Santa's Workshop, but the other levels seem a little bit more ambiguous. Like, it could be <laughs> uh, Master Chief Space Station or Aliens or something okay, like that. Okay, okay. Missed opportunity. They could have had Weird Al. Yep, yep. He could have done a theme song. Yeah, the night Santa went crazy. Yep. I remember we listened to that in health class. You brought that to school, and... We Miss Clayton. Miss Clayton said, you don't listen to that. And then we were like, as soon as she left the room, we were like, nope, sorry, this is happening. That, I think that whole fucking album, because I was reading, uh, for those you don't know, old cassette tapes, a lot of times you could pull out the inside cover and it would have the lyrics. So we're in the middle of class, health class, and I'm laughing my ass off because I'm reading these fucking, I'm reading these lyrics. So... It, I don't think we got in too bad. She just yelled at us, I think. But still, just the fact we were like, nope, this is happening. I'm reading this. We're going to listen to it. Yeah. I agree. You'll allow it? I'll allow it. All right, I think we're going to wrap it up then. Um, as always, we like to say like and subscribe. This is the first time we're saying it. And as always, (laughs) (laughs) as always for the first time. Yes. Uh, And uh, we hope to see you next time. Adios, muchachos. I don't speak your language. (gasps) 